0: Howdy from Texas, friends. I'm Anne, your host. Declare is on the countdown. We are just about three weeks away. And can I just tell you, our team is still coming up with fun ideas for you. <laughs> if you have your ticket already, it's probably time to start thinking of what to pack and all the instructions you need to leave for your families. You may also be working through the brand new Declare team devotional called Honey, This Is Where You Start. And I also hope that everybody signed up for the add-on labs featuring Melanie Dale, Jen Jet, Kat Lee, and Amy Ford also publisher appointment links are live so if you have an idea a one sheet or a full-blown proposal here's your chance to meet with literary agents and publishers even if you just have a few questions about your idea sign up for an appointment and take advantage of the personal face-to-face time with someone who knows what it's all about you guys this is our 60th episode that's six zero And I just want to ask you, if you are loving the podcast and you have not yet left a review, would you just take a few minutes to rate us on iTunes? Your rating is really important and it helps other women like you find a Clare. Okay, in our last episode, you heard encouragement from Amy Ford. Amy and I talked about things like when you feel alone in church, creating a ministry from scratch, forgiveness, and the best adventure ever. We had a really insightful conversation and i even got teary-eyed at one point but that's episode 59 so if you have not yet heard that go back and check it out but today we're on episode 60 with september mccarthy september is a writer a speaker a popular blogger a ministry creator a wife and a homeschool mom to 10 beautiful children yeah that's right 10 children and there are even a few grandkids around just to keep it interesting She's also the author of a brand new book that we're gonna talk about. And yes, you can write a book with that many kiddos around. In our conversation today, you're gonna hear about her story, her nonprofit, her book, and how she found the time to write it. I had the pleasure of meeting September about a year ago or so, and she immediately became one of my favorite people. And I know she's gonna become one of your favorites too. But before we get started, I just wanna take a minute and say a big thank you to our sponsor today, Desert Creek Honey. As you can imagine, they're honeymakers extraordinaire. They're based in Texas and this family of beekeepers produces their own raw, never filtered honey straight from their own beehives. Not only can you buy different types of honey, like creamed honey, you can even buy pollen. You can also buy bees and you can take classes. So Desert Creek Honey is for sure a one-stop shop for all things honey. You can learn more about what they do by clicking on the link in the show notes. But for now, let's go ahead and get started with our conversation with September McCarthy. Hi, September. Thank you so much for joining us on the Declare podcast. How are you?
1: I am so great, Anne. I'm so excited to be here with the Declare people and everyone listening.
0: Yeah. In fact, you had mentioned that you are a fan of Declare. Can you tell me about that?
1: I'm a huge fan of Declare because I am a Declare girl. I attended Declare from the very first declare that ever existed in um, a small church classroom. And it was my first trip away from home for a blogging conference like that. And I took my daughter with me. And then, I don't know, maybe five years later, I spoke at Declare, And um, I've grown some really deep friendships in the writing and speaking community. But even just outside of that, just um, the Declare girls are my favorite conference hosts and my friends. And so Declare is my favorite. And um, I can't say enough about it. It's just a very sweet atmosphere. So I'm excited to be with everyone here today.
0: That's so great. I, I love that you were at the first one ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Little yeah.
0: bits. I'm just learning about you. I think that's kind of cool. That's fun.
1: I actually think it used to be called Mama's Right. It and was called Mama's yeah.
0: Right. So yeah. were you at that one? Or were you at the yes. first one that was called Declare?
1: No, I was at Mama's right, and I have pictures from that, and a lot of women with babies, and it was just really, really special. And I follow all those women still in their writing. And um, it was the first trip, you know, I ever took away with my older daughter who does photography, and she was inspired by the women there to use her talents in the online community and writing and blogging. And now she's a photographer, so it's really a foundational thing for me in um, for my future. I had no idea what Declare would really mean to me in the long run, but very special spot, all the women um, that are part of Declare all, you know, from the past years.
0: I love that. And now here you are having just published and released your very first book, which we're going to get to. But -hmm. I feel like we maybe need to take a quick step back and um, have you just introduce yourself to all of our listeners, because some people may not know you yet. And just tell us a little bit about you and your story and a little bit about your family.
1: Wow. Okay. So some people may know me just from being a declare, and if they're new, then um, I'm married to my husband. We've been married to, for 28 years, and in my book and on my online writing, I refer to him as the builder. So he is a builder by trade and profession, and so he's also, you know, the builder of our home and our. And so I refer to him as the builder. We've been married for, um, like I said, 28 years. We have. Ten children, and we have eight children with the Lord, and um, we have two grandchildren. So the oldest of our children is 25, and our youngest is six. And we um, we homeschool, and we have five left to homeschool. And we live in like a farm country. And we have, you know, chickens and we do that rural life. We don't live in the city. That's why going to Texas and going to Declare was a big deal for me. And it was just yeah. amaz- amazing, this little country girl, just trying to be brave enough to step out and see if I could do a blog, you know, what was this all about? And so that's a little bit about my family and myself. I've been blogging for probably... Uh 13 years. And like you just mentioned, just published a book, my first official published book. So that's a little bit about me.
0: I'm just kind of a little bit mind blown. So you said that you have 10 kids and you have eight with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So you have had 18 children?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure what people are thinking right now. But it has been an amazing Roller coaster adventure trials of a journey for us, and um, I write about that in my book, and I write about it on my blog. But um, God really has used a lot of those years to transform me into what He wanted me to be. I, you know, sometimes I say I wish that I didn't have to go through those trials, but really, in the long run, I wouldn't change a thing. So, yeah, we we write our story, and that's and that's what my book is about.
0: Okay, so first of all, whatever anybody is thinking out there, I'm sitting here thinking that you're a saint. And <laughs> <laughs> having met you personally, you're just you're like an angel as well. So that's what I'm thinking, Aww. especially with that many kids. And I'm going to ask you in a little bit about how you wrote a book with that many kiddos. But I would love for you to just tell us about the book. What's it called?
1: So this book is called Why Motherhood Matters, and um, an invitation to purposeful parenting. And um what I really needed to write about, I felt, was the heart of motherhood and why, why we struggle with that so much, especially in today's calling when we attend conferences and we have dreams, we have passions and pursuits. So how do we juggle it all? Does motherhood really matter that much? Um, do we put it aside? Can we do both? And I talk about you know all of those things, and then I talk about you know motherhood matters topics as well. And there's you know charts and graphs to make it very practical. And then I share a lot of the stories that uh, I blog about. And that was one thing that I learned at Declare was that your story is what you write about, your passion. And it took me a while to embrace that because I was in the throes of motherhood when I first went to Declare. And I guess mm-hmm. I, I guess I still am, but a little bit, yeah, but it took me some time to realize that this, this is my passion. This is going to be my pursuit. And that's when I started that blog, um, all those years ago and decided just to start writing, writing what I knew. And that was the number one lesson I took away from declare the first year I went write What, you know, don't try to come up with new material. Don't try, you know, to reinvent the wheel. And then the more um, I wrote. The more I realized, there's a lot more about what I wanted to write, and it just continued to come out to the point where I was blogging for 13 years. So that was really neat to see how you know Declare kind of tied into my publishing journey.
0: Have you always wanted to be a writer, or was that something new in that season of your life?
1: I always enjoyed writing. I always wrote as a child. It's just uh, something I I love to do. But I never thought, oh. September McCarthy might write a book someday. Never thought that. Never went to the blogging conferences or started a blog with the purpose to write a book. And that was kind of a an odd thing about my story, but it's really interesting. Everyone has their own journey with publishing and for me, you know, I had an agent reach out to me and I I told them no and then I realized I had friends in the blogging and writing community. They're like, "September, this is a really big deal. Why did you tell them no?" And I said, I just didn't feel that it was right, the right time, and it wasn't the right time in my motherhood journey, but I continued to blog. And then um, this agent confronted me, approached me a year later, and I had been praying about it for a year. And I asked them to give me a little bit more time. I was still in some serious parenting throes and some other projects that we have ministries. And then I finally did say yes, but um, it wasn't something I was chasing or looking for, you know, type of. I want to write a book. And so I'm going to pursue this. So it was really God that just kind of brought it before my face and said, it's time to do this. Like I gave you a story, it's time to write it. So it was a matter of obedience for me. So
0: how did you find the process of writing the book?
1: It was very challenging for me. I'm going to be very honest about that. (laughs) You know, because I, I homeschool, you know, and I have a nonprofit ministry and a conference I run. And Um, of course I have 10 children and two grandchildren and that's enough, you know, that, so writing the book proved to be challenging. I had to reinvent my schedule, our life. I had to reinvent what fun meant, what my time with my kids meant. Uh, I had to take that idealistic mindset and just throw it off the table for a year and a half. And we just had to have a family meeting repeatedly and say, what is it going to take to make this work? And, uh, Everyone in our family came around me, supported me, you know, because I have some older children now, adult children. So they came in and they helped with the younger kids off and on. They helped make meals, my older girls. So it wasn't like I was trying to do this when I had, you know, six children under the age of nine. I don't know if that would have worked for me then, (laughs) but uh, um, it was different. You know, I was very careful to not write in the middle of the night. Um, I had some health challenges going on. So I wrote when I could. And I wrote when I felt inspired. But I really had, you know, I've been a mom for 26 years. So I had 26 years of material to write about. So that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was the application and the things that it wasn't the the topics of motherhood for me that was a challenge to write about. Because that's, that's the easy, fun part, writing your story. It was writing a book that others can read that they could take something home from. Because we're all in different seasons of life, you know, working moms, single moms, um, adoption, infertility, some women. So I had to write to everyone. And that was my biggest challenge. But finding the time to write, you know, my publisher was very patient with me and I had a great editor. So
0: that's really great. And you know, I'm just thinking, since you had you said you had five kids still at mm-hmm. home yes, right this, yeah, that must practically feel like an empty nest to you yeah
1: <laughs> it does, but they're you know they're all under the age they're and they're younger so I feel like I'm recycling my motherhood like this is our third time around like being doing this um so they're not getting the same experience or the same mom that the kids in our first you know round of parenting got I'm a different person and I kind of know what's coming and um So I feel like it's not quite as much, I'm not gonna say as much work, because it's still as much work, but it's not as much of a learning curve. So.
0: Oh, yeah, I get that true. But I only have three kids. And you know, my, my baby is 15. And my older ones are like, well, you didn't do this for us. Right. right. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I just I've learned. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So everybody kind of came around you to help you write the book. And then when you got those chunks of time, did you go somewhere? Did you have to like light a candle? I mean, how did you get yourself in the zone? How did yeah. you pull out of everything that you were doing and just start focusing on the book? Well,
1: you know, you read a lot of in writing circles and listening to podcasts, you hear a lot of different suggestions. And I think it's whatever works for you. So for me,
0: Oh, yeah. absolutely. so some
1: women are like, you're gonna have to go, you know, go away and um, have a go to a friend's, you know, cottage on the lake and just two weeks or a week, even if you can go two days. And so I tried that. And all I did, I just sat there like I am, because I have so many children, I've become a really strong multitasker. And so sure. it was really hard for me to just sit, like, I would get bored. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm done writing. You know, like I could not do that. And so I finally, as crazy as this sounds, and my husband was willing to do anything. He's like, how about we send you here? How about we send you to the ocean? How about, what, what are things that inspire you? Do you want me to bring you food? Do you want me to bring you Panera? And he was just really sweet about it. And, That's and so I sweet. finally just said, I'm going to go up to my office slash bedroom, and I'm going to sit on my bed with a pillow prop behind me, and I'm going to lock the door. And I'm just gonna write, and that's what I did. And little notes slipped under my door, you know, Mom, what's for dinner? And I, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I would open the door, and there would be like a Dr. Pepper with some ice sitting there. Like literally, I just and I would do that two, three days a week for two to three hours, and I, and that was the only thing that worked for me. Um, near the end of my writing process, I began to get sick. I was suffering with some health issues, so my husband. I came home one day and he had a bag with some clothes and my computer and he put me in the car and he said, I'm going to take you to a hotel and I just want you to write. Mind you, I'm, I'm in the middle of homeschooling. Like, and he told me later because I didn't complain. I didn't put up a fuss. I just sat there and let him drive me and drop me. You know, he took me and got me set up. I wrote the, the deepest words in that point. I was at the lowest of my you know, exhaustion, I had deadlines coming up, and I let him do what he knew I needed to do. And he and he rented this hotel room is like a suite, you know, we had a little extra money at that time. And, and he just left me there. He showed up sometimes with food for me, you know, he's really sweet about it. But and that and I finished my book in, in those two, three days, and then I came home, and it was done. So it looks different for everyone. But I needed to be in my My setting. I needed to hear my because I was writing a book on motherhood and this is where I thrive the most. And so I could hear my kids fighting and I was reminded of why I was writing this book, or I could hear the kids' needs and I was tired. So that's where I wrote my first book, (laughs) right in the thick of it.
0: Well, you know, I love that you tell that story because I do agree with you that there's no one way to do anything. And I like to ask writers how they did it because I feel like it might give some freedom to the next writer, somebody who's thinking that she has to be yeah. in a cabin in the woods or something in order to write yep. a book. But I love that you've shared your story. I love the notes under <laughs> yeah. the door. It was I'm, that's ridiculous. precious. I hope you kept those.
1: <laughs> I did. I, I saved all of that. It was a really real experience. And, uh, you know, I can remember texting my friends and saying, this is as real as it gets writing a book on motherhood in the middle of it. Like I would have to sometimes put my computer down and, you know, go ask the kids to separate themselves. Please sit on your bed, get your reading out. Who started dinner? Did someone start dinner? I would open the door. It was very real and it made it difficult, but I, I could not concentrate when I was away from home because I didn't just stop my life to write this book. Like no one paid me to be a writer for life. Like I was writing this book, but I still had this life that, was like a full time job outside of writing the book. And so I had to figure out how to do both. And for me, that's what it looked like for other women. It probably sounds absolutely crazy. But I think it depends on, you know, what your life is like, and I've learned to thrive in this environment. So it was good for me.
0: Well, I'll be curious to see if after you get through the launch of this book, and all of the publicity that you have to do around it, if uh, you feel like you'd ever want to sit down and write another one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, that's not a good question to ask someone. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to ask you that question
0: right now, but it will be interesting to see if another one does come out of you because yeah. I have a feeling, I've heard uh, just an example that once you get one tattoo, you kind of get addicted and you just feel like you want more. And I feel yeah. like sort of the same thing happens with books. Once you write one, mm-hmm. then more ideas keep coming to you. So I'll be looking forward to that. But uh, yeah. currently... We are looking forward to, well, actually not even looking forward to uh, Why Motherhood Matters just released, right? A couple yes. days ago.
1: Yes, it is released and it's on the shelves and it's online and it's available for anyone to find um, anywhere probably. And I'm really excited about it. So I feel like it's a, it's an organic grassroots book. And that's the one thing that I wanted to share today, more importantly, because I learned about this at Declare and I spoke about this at Declare that you don't have to be super famous and you don't have to be super well known in your own mind or the public eye to have a book make a difference or to write a book. You don't have to worry about if your message is strong enough to be compared to someone else's because if you're writing the book and it was accepted by a publisher – and you're writing it out of obedience to the Lord, then he's going to do what he wants with that book. And when I went to Mama's Right, which is now Declare, years ago, and I sat there in that room full of women, I remember thinking, this is like an organic grassroots environment. And look at Declare now. I mean, look at it. And so look, it has changed lives. And so I think about why motherhood matters. Uh, the same way. This book is going to be in the right hands for the right mom or the right woman at the right time. And I don't know what God's going to do with it. But I did what I needed to do. And I wrote it, you know, and I released it, but it's available. Yes, it's it's released now.
0: Well, I have a copy of it. And I'm not all the way through it yet, because it literally just came out. But it really is a beautiful book. And there's so much wisdom in there.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, You're welcome, but you don't just have like you've almost got your stories, but also there's like devotionals in there and
1: yeah, you know
0: things to ponder. It's really well done.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know you learn a lot writing a book. You learn, uh, you know, not just formatting and you learn to write to the reader. And I think that's the great thing about like blogging and speaking um, the transitioning between the two, because when you're blogging, a lot of times our voice is, um, our opinion or our thoughts on something. But when you write a book or you're speaking to someone, you have to write to the reader so that they are getting something and walking away with something from your book. And that was the biggest thing I learned. I had to really work hard on that part. And so I encourage women, if they're writing blogs and everything, start doing that now because it was a challenge for me. I, I'm a teacher by nature. I homeschool my kids and I teach verbally to my kids every day. But I had to really think, how do you come across so that you're not condescending in a book? How do you reach all readers, not just one person? So those are the things I think are really good takeaways to writing a book that I learned you know, this first time around.
0: They really are. They're incredible mm-hmm. takeaways. And I even just learned that right now. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I write, I try to write to the reader. But yeah, there is a lot of opinion in that. And so changing your thought process so that you're actually delivering them something useful they can take away with it is a little bit more challenging because you have to just kind of twist right. the way you think just a little bit, mm-hmm. but in a significant way.
1: Right, because i that's the last thing I wanted to do is come across all-knowing, I've got it together. I have the answer, and judgmental. That is the last thing any woman wants to read in a book, especially about mother. For sure. And so I had to really, and I'm not like that in nature. But when you're trying to teach something in a book, you don't know who's picking up that book off the bookshelf, or you know, when it arrives at their door from Amazon or Barnes and Noble's, you don't know what they're thinking, where they're where they are. And I had to really work hard at that. And so. I started reblogging again, actually, just so I could practice, you know, kind of changing that voice. I ended up imagining that these women, probably the majority of the people that read my book are women, were sitting on my porch uh, with a cup of tea or coffee talking to me. And I was like, this is how I need to write this book. Like, That's where my heart is, you know, right here in person, one on one. And that's how I am as a person anyways. so that is that helped me get through my book. like how would i how would I talk to them if they were sitting here, if I was at a conference with them and they were telling me, you know, my my child is just giving me really hard time with such and such, And I, I thought, what would I say? Well, you really need to fix that. You know I would never do that. And so right. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to really work hard on, on my writing voice, but um it was good. I like a challenge. So it was good. And I think all writers do.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that it's always challenging to put your thoughts on paper in a way that isn't condescending because it's so easy to sound like a know-it all, right
1: mm-hmm.
0: And so to like just gently guide someone to that, you know conclusion for themselves, right. I remember uh, hearing Emily P. Freeman talk one time about how when she was pitching her first book, she was sitting in front of her literary agent or a literary agent, and they said to her, that out of all of the proposals that they had seen at, on that day, which was like a conference where you could make appointments, mm-hmm. Emily's was the only one where all she did was talk about the reader.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody else talked about their message. Right. Emily talked about her reader, yep. and that's why they loved her, and that's why they gave her the contract. Yes, it's
1: so important. And the reader is my is my heart, and that is where the actually the book was born. It was born out of all my seasons of womanhood, but it was really born in my living room because we host these mom meetups in my home once a month. We've been doing that for five years. And every conversation that we had in the living room and every topic we talked about ended up in my book. And a lot of the women that are in these groups read my book and they say they can hear my voice talking, you know, telling these stories because they heard some of these stories before. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad that they told me that because that's exactly what I I want it to be like a conversation. And so um, I'm really excited to see you know what happens with that. I
0: feel like other people reading your stuff and telling you that they can hear your voice, like that's the holy grail of
1: book. I, I didn't think of it that way. But now that you said that, it's just a real sweet spot because that's exactly, they're like, I could just hear you talking to me. I felt like you were just sitting there next to me. And that was my biggest struggle. I spent a lot of, a lot of tears, Anne, over this book because I I wanted that. I wanted that one thing for women to know but this is so real to me, like it's written for just that person. Like it's written for you and it's written for you. You know, it wasn't just like, here's a book on motherhood for the whole world. And so that was the one thing. And I, I prayed that every time I wrote and sometimes I just had to close my computer and say, it's not happening today. And it, it became emotional. Like what is wrong? Why do I feel stalled? But I knew it was because I was distracted or I had the wrong focus And some days there just aren't words. You know, you just have to live the experience before you can write it.
0: I love that. Sometimes you said it's just not happening today. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to go live (laughs) the words. I think that's so cool. Yeah,
1: definitely had to do that.
0: (laughs) Such good wisdom. Okay, well, you're not just an author and a blogger and a mom of your own personal basketball team. (laughs) You have also, in the middle of all of this, somehow managed to found a nonprofit ministry called Raising Generations Today,
1: Yes, that's my heart. I mean, my heart is is raising generations. And that's what I'm doing every day in my real life. and And so the conference and the nonprofit ministry, you know, it sounds really big and everything and it sounds real official and like it's a lot of work and it is a lot of work, but it's really just the heart of the book. It's the heart of what I do and it's the heart of those mom meetups that meet in my living room once a month. And so what happened was those mom meetups grew. They just grew to the point where women wanted to talk because my life, I say, is an open invitation and that's why we use that subtitle for the book, An Invitation, uh, because People could just come at any time, and it was an open invitation for any women to come meet once a month. And so for five years, we opened our doors, and whoever came each week um, showed up, and we went through other authors' books, because I love supporting other op- authors. A lot of them are my personal friends, and so we did that. And it just grew to the point where I couldn't meet the demands and the needs and the questions. And so we started this conference in this nonprofit ministry, and we're in our third conference year, but our fifth year of ministry. And we've had some really amazing speakers visit. We've, we're in upstate New York, so they we've had um, some amazing authors and um, some Declare girls have come to the conference and spoke. Yeah, oh and spoken. And so, um, and that's the thing about the the writing world that once you meet people, you realize there's so many amazing authors and speakers and women that haven't even just touched the service. It's like this, uh the blinds are taken off your eyes. You know, you just see how many gifts God's spread across the world. And so I love sharing my friends with other people. So and that was the really neat the first year we had the conference, the Declare girls, a couple of them got on a plane and came out to the Raising Generations Today conference. And as soon as they walked into the hotel, I just started crying because they're they become your people. Declare people become your people, <laughs> and they were my people. And so I was just so touched. They were there for the conference, but I know that they were there to support me because they know, you know what what this is. And so that's so great. Yeah, it was really neat. It was just a very special time for me. And but yep, we have the conference coming up in October, the end of October, and uh, that'll be our last conference. And then we'll see what God has planned after that.
0: All right. So, well, that's a big question mark, right?
1: Yes. I think <laughs> I'm just, just going to be a mom for a while.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I feel like maybe you've earned that. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited. like you deserve a break. And, you know,
1: I think that's okay. Yeah. And
0: plus, like you said, you have to go live your words. You've got to go live some life so you can come back and add the words back again.
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So one of the things that I like to ask everybody that I'm talking to on the podcast, especially because we are a writer, speaker podcaster, social media kind of conference. Mm -hmm. And we like to equip women with the latest technologies and tools, things that they can really use that will be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. So I always ask the people that I'm interviewing, with technology always changing like it is, what are you just obsessed with right now that you love? And what are you just completely over?
1: Well, I don't know if I'm really over anything, because I barely have time to think about what I'm doing. But I have noticed that I'm not blogging as much. And when you start to write a book, you know, the publisher wants you to write more on your blog, because they want you to be present before your readers in a big way. But what happens is you're trying to write a book and blog, and it's a lot of writing. And you know, our words are are counted, like we don't have an endless tank of words. So I've noticed that For me, blogging is smaller, like I'm not over it, but I'm definitely not blogging as much. But I do love video Insta story and Instagram. It's one of my favorite media outlets right now and Facebook Live sometimes I'm not as big of a fan as that. But I am kind of obsessed with Insta story. And I love following Instagrammers who review books and I've discovered some really amazing books out there. So you pitch your book and you send it or your publisher will send it to some bigger Insta story slash they're also bloggers uh, and they share your books or other people's books. And I love that. I'm kind of obsessed with it because I want people to know that I'm kind of really just real like them. Like people hear, like you said earlier, you know, people say, Oh, you're a superwoman, you're super mom. I'm really just like everyone else, you know, and so I like to use Insta stories so people can see that to bring me down to other people's viewing and I can choose when I do that and I can choose when not to when it's fast and it's handy and you can do live videos and so that's, I'm kind of obsessed with that right now.
0: That's really fun and I like Mm -hmm. that you said that you, you just want people to see that you are real. You want them to have kind of that inside look at you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Be- because I do think you probably do hear a ton that you're super mom. Yes. And I don't yeah. think any mom is super mom. I think we all have bad mom days. I do think yeah. that you are definitely gifted in this area, you know, that that it's a passion of yours, clearly. But right. I love that you just want to give people an inside look so that they can just keep a look at the reality.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't work hard to dispel the theory that people think that. And I It's not a negative thing that people say that, but it's very hard for me because it's not who I am. I I just had another podcast interview and someone said, well, you just seem so calm and so good at this and so put together. Why don't you let people see the real side of you? And I said, sometimes people don't see what they don't really want to see. I said, "I, I am out there. I write my words. It's in the book. It's on my blog. I insta story. Very real life. I said, but sometimes I think social media, the barrier is that we believe what we want. And so I love it when women are like, I love that you just shared that your chickens were running through the house and that, you know, you didn't have time to, you know, like those are the things I, I have to really be intentional about because I I want people to know that, you know, my writing is authentic and it's really coming from an authentic place. But, um, I, I do, I like Insta story right now on Instagram and I like to see how other writers and Speakers and bloggers champion one another. I think those listening will find this very interesting. Like it's an amazing world, the writing, speaking, blogging world. They, you become very kindred with many people and you champion one another. It's not about who can get the best contract or who's releasing when or who got the highest ratings at least it's not for me and i've discovered a lot of people with the same heart and vision and they just champion one another and most of the declare women well all the declare women that i've met you know attending and when i spoke and women that were in my workshop have become some of my best champions and so that's really neat in fact i just want to share this last story when yeah. i when i spoke at declare there was a woman in the my uh, workshop and I pulled a picture of my family up on the screen and I hadn't started to speak yet. And then I saw a few book agents in the back and they walked in and they sat down and I felt a little rattled. I don't know why I did that, but I you know, I'm just, I was. And um, this woman who wasn't an agent, this other woman, she raised her hand and she said, I was just wondering if you could um, tell me a little bit more about your family. She said, I'm having a hard time thinking that we're not very much alike, you have 10 kids, I have three, you homeschool, I don't. And I just was wondering, like, when people see your picture, do they think that you have it all together? Because I want to be able to relate to you.
0: What a question. That's great.
1: Yep. And you know what, that woman is Ben to declare. And everyone knows her, she just released a book, and she shared that story in there. And we are best of friends. And she's a she's a writer, a strong writer. She's a speaker for declare. And we're best of friends because she asked the hard questions. She got to know me. Like, she really wanted to know me. And now we champion one another. And I thought, that's what Declare is about. It's like, you know, learning to really get to know who's writing those books and who those people are behind the picture. And I was so thankful that she did. At first, you know, she did it because she was like, I don't really know if I should be be in this workshop, she said, because I don't really know if we have much, you know, in common. And then she realized it's not about appearances or, you know, I have 10 kids. You have two. Are you homeschool? I don't. It's about what God can do through each of us. And um, we, because of Declare, we've, that was the first time I would ever met her. And um, she's spoken at Racing Generations today. She's an editor. And she has written a book. And she shared that story in that book. And um, so a lot of great beginnings for me at Declare.
0: Well, that's one of my favorite things about Declare is that there is not a competitive spirit there. Mm -mm, I've been to other writing conferences and you just kind of feel like there's Mm -hmm. a race to get your book done or your social media improved or whatever it is. You just there's I don't know if it's pressure from the conference hosts or if we put that on ourselves, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like when you walk into Declare, there's no competition and it is it's just a loving and encouraging environment.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. I
0: love it. You know, I went to my first one three years ago, and I have still have friends from that first one that I attended.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. That I
0: look forward to seeing again every year because a lot of people come back.
1: Oh right. Yep. I've I've been many times. I invite. I actually have invited people, paid their flight and their hotel room for them to be able to go because it's so. It means so much to me. I just cannot go every year, but. it's a very special place. And I know it's because, you know, the Lord is the center of all of it. And it really makes a difference, especially in the writing world. You can't do this on your own. Even if you have great friends holding you up, really, you know, Jesus needs to be the center and the focus of your writing a book. Because in your your lowest moments, you know, your friends can't be in that hotel room or sitting on your bed and with you and, and telling you, it's okay, just keep writing. So and that's the thing about Declare. It's all, you know, it's Christ infused.
0: Well, we try for it to be every year. And uh, we're actually hoping this year, because for some bizarre reason, our whole team has been dealing with some really difficult and unusual circumstances in life. And it's mm-hmm. been pretty recent. And it's been all of us at the same time.
1: Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. So
0: we are just convinced that God is on the move. Yeah, we can't wait to see what he's going to do.
1: I know. It's so hard when when you're in ministry like that, and then it's over and you just know God is glorified.
0: Well, I think he will be. And I think he will be too with this podcast today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule, you know, with your kids and the writing and traveling and speaking and running the ministry. And you've got a conference coming up about the same time as ours. And Mm
1: -hmm. so for
0: you to just take this time to talk with me and to encourage all of the Declare Girls and the attendees and Anybody who hasn't yet heard of Declare, I just really appreciate it. It just means the world to me, and thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you, Anne. It was really my pleasure.
0: What did I tell you? Isn't September incredible just like the sweetest person on the planet? I just love her so much, and so I highly recommend that you go get her book, Why Motherhood Matters. It's available at bookstores or on Amazon, but grab a copy of it. Even grab a couple of extra copies so that you can share them with your mom friends. And don't forget to follow September for more of her wisdom and greatness. All the links to her blog, to the conference that she talked about, to the nonprofit ministry, they're all in the show notes. So just click on those and you'll find everything you need to know. I really do hope that you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you're loving it, please head over to iTunes and just leave us a fantastic review. The more reviews we get, the more women like you can find us and hear the heart of Declare. Also, a huge thank you today to our sponsor, Desert Creek Honey buy some honey, learn about bees, buy some bees, or take a class by going to their website at desertcreekhoney.com. So that's all. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Declare Conference podcast.